It's no secret that we are in a competition for attention. The marketplace is noisy and is only getting noisier. The statistic used to be that people need to encounter something seven times before they make a decision if they want to engage or to learn more about that thing. And I think that statistic has since jumped to 27 or and growing. So it's probably not 27 anymore. It's way beyond 27 times that someone needs to see something before they decide if they want to go further if they want to learn more about that thing so what does that mean for us as entrepreneurs how do we get the attention of our ideal client how do we remain top of mind to that ideal client welcome to the leaders of readers series episode number seven and the title of today's book is positioning the battle for your mind by al reese jack trout and philip kotler this book was recommended by one of our previous podcast guests small business marketing expert michael delon if you haven't listened to that episode, you're going to want to listen to it. It's, it's fire. It's packed with gems. And I'm not just saying that it truly is fire. You're going to get a lot out of that episode if you listen. So the title of that episode is Stop Jumping on Every Marketing Trend with Michael Delon. I'll link it down below in the show notes. Now let's jump into today's book. The issue is that the marketplace is noisy and getting noisier. So how do we break through the noise? Think about the mind of your ideal client. Can you remember the things that you saw when you were scrolling through Instagram 10 minutes ago? Can you remember the things you saw while you were scrolling through LinkedIn yesterday? The number of marketing messages that are hitting you at any one point in time. It's difficult for you to even focus on anything or retain any kind of information that comes your way. And it's the same thing with the prospect and it's the same thing happening in the prospect's mind. So like, how do we break through the noise? That's the question that we want to answer. Well, in this book, the solution the authors give is positioning. The marketplace is noisy. So you need to position your offer, your company, your personal brand in the mind of the prospect. Let's take a step back. What should the content look like if it's going to stop someone who's scrolling and if it's going to be something that's memorable, right? We already know the numbers. Numbers are they have to keep seeing that thing over and over and over again. So the idea of being consistent in content marketing, there's the validation why you need to be consistent in content marketing because posting once isn't enough. Your prospect has seen it but has really not seen it. So they need to see it over and over and over and over again, 27 times plus, according to the research and the stats, before they even make a decision on whether they want to engage or if that thing is worth moving forward with. So consistency, that's one thing. When we have that little bit of their attention, the attention that not only us as business people and entrepreneurs were fighting for, it's attention that entertainers are fighting for. You know, music, movies, stand-up comedians, real-life issues, and other businesses are fighting for that same attention. So when we get that attention, we want to understand how valuable it is. We want to make sure, one, that we're providing relevant current information, and we want to make sure that we're adding value. The last thing you want is someone to walk away and feel like they just wasted 30 seconds of their time, or they just wasted one minute of their time. The other thing that we want to make sure we're doing is we want to be present. We want to be easy to find. You know, that old saying of build it and they will come, is a sure way to driving yourself insane as a new entrepreneur. And we've just given the basis of why. The volume of noise in the marketplace, the volume of noise in life today, chances that if you build it, they will come are very, very, very low. So you need to be present. You've got to be easy to find. And of course, the topic of this book is 
positioning. You need to be positioning your offer, positioning your product or service. So the authors who are obviously marketing experts, they say before you consider, you know, the four P's of marketing and the four P's of marketing are price. So how much is what you're offering? Place, where can it be found? Promotion, how will people know about it? And the actual product, the elements of your offer. Because those are the four P's in marketing, your price, your place, your promotion, and your product. So he says, before you even think about any of those things, and of course, the temptation is to jump ahead and think about those things. They say, no, do not do that. First, you want to start with your research. You want to research your market. And from the findings of that, you're going to segment your market. You're going to find similarities among groups of people, similarities in needs, similarities in perceptions. And then you're going to target you're going to target the segment of the market based on your research that has the highest need for what it is that you have to offer. The people who appreciate what you offer the most, that's your target. And after targeting is when we begin to speak about positioning. And we still haven't got to the four Ps. So we haven't talked about price, place, promotion, product. We haven't even thought about that. We started with our research, segmenting the market, targeting, and then positioning. Anyway, there's more on this, but I can't possibly talk about every aspect of the book. You can go to our website, www.reinventingperspectives.com. There's a free review of the book and it's yours. Simply sign up to the website and you can have that of our Leaders or Readers series, episode number seven on the book, Positioning, The Battle for Your Mind. So you can find that on our website. Now back to positioning. The reason we think about positioning before we even... Think about the four P's and resist that temptation to begin, you know, calculating our price and place and promotion before we've done all these other things is because positioning is what's going to determine your four P's. So if you determine your four P's before you've done the positioning, you've put sort of the cart before the horse. So for example, if you're a coach, a performance coach or life coach or a business coach, and you've decided that you want to help new CEOs gain more confidence in executing their leadership roles right? So you've identified that the people who need what you have to offer the most, who value it the most, are new CEOs. So based on that, from your research and your segmenting the market and targeting new CEOs, then you can determine the price. And the price is going to be affected by the fact that it's new CEOs and their status. The place, well, where will new CEOs want to get such a service? Promotion, what channels can you use to reach new CEOs? Probably not TikTok, right? Well, may, but unlikely that the new CEO is hanging out on TikTok, but it depends on the industry and the age of the new CEOs, right? Then you can consider the product. Like what needs to be a part of this offer for services that allow for CEOs to execute their leadership roles effectively? Obviously, whatever is in the offer shouldn't be choppy. It probably should be refined because the clientele that you want to work with is executive. You know, all those things, you can't think about them before you've thought about positioning. So let's go back to the definition of positioning given in this book. Positioning is not what you do to a product, but positioning is what you do to the mind of the prospect. It's a subtle but really powerful distinction, okay? So positioning is not what you do to a product or service. Positioning is what you do to the mind of the prospect. That is, you position the product or service in the mind of your prospect. Now, how do we position our product service in the mind of a prospect? I'm sure that's what you're thinking, right? So the authors give some clues. They say, you need to give a straightforward, clearly defined explanation of the basic positioning 
premise. They say, don't be poetic. Don't use words that are clever and have double meanings. You want to be literal as to the position that you want to occupy. So in essence, the starting point of your positioning exercise is the mind of the client. Now, what does that really mean? In the book, they talk about how certain organizations occupy a certain position in the mind. They talk about IBM. So somebody said the largest computer manufacturing company in the world and didn't even say the name IBM. People naturally, when they hear that statement, that positioning statement, they would think, oh, IBM. That brings me to another point. Positioning is a long game. So it's not something that's going to happen overnight. You know, a couple of content posts and you've got a position. It's not that kind of thing. You have to state your position clearly enough for long enough to your customer and live up to it for long enough in order to gain that position in the client's mind or in the potential customer's mind. So two things. When you're creating a positioning claim, you have to think, well, what's my strategy to make sure that I live up to that claim? Let's say the position is the fastest cleaning service of automobiles in a certain area. That's the position that you want to hold in the client's mind. So whenever they think fastest cleaning service for your car in whatever location, you want them to think your company or you want them to think your service. That's the positioning statement. So if you're going to make that kind of a positioning statement, you have to also have the strategy that accompanies. You have to live up to it. What are you going to do to make sure that your company is the fastest service for cleaning cars in your area? Those two things have got to go hand in hand because there's no point in making a positioning claim and then there's no work to live up to the claim. There's no credibility. You can't call yourself the fastest service and you're not the fastest service. It's confusion. And remember, confused mind doesn't buy. The authors in this book say that the easiest way into your prospect's mind is to be first. Now, there's certain places where people would say, well, it's almost impossible to be first because there's so many other businesses in the space and there's so many businesses in that market. And so it's impossible to be first. But this is why people talk about the importance of niching down, of finding a very narrow position that you can be first in. The idea of you'd rather be a big fish in a small pond than to be a small fish in a big pond. You've got to create your own narrow area where you can make a positioning claim that is clear, that is credible, and that's relatable. Another way to be first in your prospect's mind is to go after a market that is being ignored. So whichever way people are going, going the opposite way. I mean, there's so many great examples of companies that have done this and of personal brands that have done this. If you think about E.T., the hip-hop preacher, E.T., when he started out, he was giving motivational talks to a community that people considered to not really have been worth giving motivational talks to if you were thinking in a business sense. I mean, young people, inner-city young people, of color and people are thinking about giving motivational talks to people who can afford to pay a motivational speaker to come and speak to them and et did the exact opposite he was giving motivational talks to young people who couldn't afford to pay for a motivational speaker and by doing that he became first in their minds as the number one motivational speaker and those young people as they grew and went on with life et remained in position number one of the motivational speaker that they knew. So to them, E.T. was the number one motivational speaker. 
in other areas, people might have said, well, Tony Robbins is the number one motivational speaker, or maybe Les Brown is the number one motivational speaker, or whoever else the people are very aware of because of just stature and the amount of years that they've been in the business and at the top of the business. But to this particular group of people, E.T. the hip hop preacher was the number one motivational speaker. And as they grew in, as they went on in life, they remembered that E.T. maintains number one position of the number one motivational speaker in life. And that propelled his career. So it's also important to sort of think out of the box to go after a market that's being ignored. I think of the Zimbabwean example of EcoCash digital banking. All the banks were going after people who are employed with salaries and pay slips who are considered to be sort of the people who bank. And EcoCash went after the unbanked, the kind of people who had informal sector jobs, the kind of people who didn't have bank accounts, who didn't have pay slips, who are operating in a cash economy because they don't have access to the banking sector. And that became their target all the banks are looking to the employed with pay slips and they look the other way and to those people EcoCash is the number one bank because it took the position of number one so the authors say that the easiest way into your prospect's mind remember positioning is not about your product it's not about your service it's about being number one in the prospect's mind you offer being number one in the prospect's mind your company being number one in the prospect's mind your personal brand being number one in the prospect's mind. And the easiest way to do that is to go after a market that is being ignored. Wherever everyone is looking, go the opposite way because you want to own that position of number one. And once you get that position of number one, the others sort of warn against it. Make sure you don't forget what has got you to position number one in your prospect's mind. Maintain that because if you lose that position of number one, it's impossible to get it back. The next step that the authors sort of talk about is that once you're at number one, in your market position of your niche right remember with your niche i think from last week's podcast episode we had an amazing guest nikki bilyeu and he's a thought leader and he was talking about niche down but make sure you go narrow and you go deep you want to be an expert you want to really be a thought leader in that niche space is what he was saying so if you're a coach or you're a consultant you found your niche please do not remain sort of surface level with your niche you really want to be a thought leader in that niche because you want to be number one in that market position in the mind of your prospect. So once you have that number one market position, he says you should think five years out, you should think 10 years out. Because if you can maintain that number one position, you have probably the next decades the advantages of having been number one in that market space. Now this book is not a new book. So maybe, I don't know if the idea of a decade is still relevant today, but still you have a leading advantage that you can reap certain benefits because of being number one. As an entrepreneur, there's that saying that we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in five years. The idea is always to think long-term. If you think five years out, if you think 10 years out, one, you relieve yourself of that you know, extra pressure and anxiety to get things done today and to have things going today. And you can sort of focus on progress and making the right decisions at the right time. When you do look five or 10 years out, I think Kelly Roach says it best when she says, you need to always be prepared to disrupt yourself and if you only think about today you will be disrupted by other factors in the marketplace you always want to be in a position to disrupt yourself and by thinking five years ten years out you do prepare to disrupt yourself now some tips and sort of tactics that the authors suggest in terms of 
positioning. They say you always want to attach your message to what your prospect considers to already be true. And I'll quote what they say in the book. They say, the mind rejects new information that doesn't compute. It accepts only that new information which matches its current state of mind and it filters out everything else. So they say, you see what you expect to see, you taste what you expect to taste. So if you bring a message that is contrary to what is in your prospect's mind, your prospect will simply filter it out. The reason they bring this up is they're saying, if you're creating a brand new product, like one that doesn't exist or a brand new service that doesn't exist at all, you don't tell your prospect what your product or service is. Because if it's something that doesn't match what they know, they'll filter it out. Rather, you tell the prospect what the product is not, rather than what it is. And I think he gives the example of, when Ford introduced the first vehicle. They didn't describe the vehicle. They talked about how this was a better version of a horse-drawn carriage because the prospect is really familiar with a horse-drawn carriage. The idea of a vehicle may be too far-fetched for the prospect to be able to process in their mind, but by attaching the meaning of what they had created to something that the prospect already knew, that was a way for the prospect to be able to accept their offer. Remember, you tell the prospect what the product is not rather than what the product is. Another tip or tactic that they talk about in the book is they say don't make the mistake of advertising your aspirations. It's wrong psychologically and it's wrong strategically. I like this because it made me think of musician artist Jay-Z. Jay-Z was always saying he was going to be the number one rapper or the best rapper of all time. That was his claim even when he had one album and he was a nobody. And his thinking is that he was sort of telling the market, he was telling people that he was coming. You know, he was sort of positioning himself as the best rapper of all time. Now he had to live up to that with the kind of work he did and the kind of albums he released. And at some point, by being consistent, remember positioning is a long-term game. By being consistent with that message, the same message, the best rapper of all time, best rapper of all time, and living up to it with the actions, remember the strategy that lives up to you being able to maintain the position. Eventually, the market will echo back, right, as the sign that that position has been created. So when people say, oh, the best rapper of all time, of course, it's, people have different opinions of that. But most of the times when people say the best rapper of all times, to say Jay-Z is not a far-fetched thing. It's a position that he created in the mind of his prospect, the people who consume his music. Now, what the authors say is wrong is to say, oh, your company is number one in blah, 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 or is the leading this and this when it's not. Because if it's the leading company in something, your prospect already knows it. You can't say you're the leading company in something and the prospect doesn't know it because then it just sounds fraudulent. It's an untrue claim. So they say, don't advertise your aspirations. It's wrong psychologically and it's wrong strategically. Rather, what you need to do is counterintuitive. So Apple doesn't say they're number one. They move like they're number one. They don't say they're number one. They move like they're number one. It's a subtle difference if you can catch it. And it makes a difference in the decisions that you make in terms of your marketing. Remember what marketing does. The point of marketing is to connect and is to elevate. You want to make everything that you do a big deal. You're the one that's going to make it a big deal because in your marketing, you need to elevate. Whether it's a workshop, whether it's a Zoom call, whether whatever it is, make it a big deal. Move like you are number one. Move like you are a leading company. Now, the last tactic that I'll talk about that the authors mention, it's similar to the idea of the one thing, okay? They say that if you create line extensions 
of your product of your service you dilute your position and they give a lot of examples of different companies that have tried this and from their research it shows that line extensions almost never work why because they say it dilutes your position so they give the example of Volkswagen and the idea of the Volkswagen bug when it came out as a small car of the everyday person of efficient travel that was the position they claimed in the mind of their prospect. And then they saw, well, luxury cars were doing well and they started producing luxury cars and they started producing different types of vehicles that didn't match the positioning that they had in the mind of their prospect. And all those line extensions didn't do as well. And also, over time, the organization generally didn't do as well because with each line extension, it diluted their position. So are they still the small car that is like efficient and for a person who is just concerned about going from point a to b and it's not concerned about luxury if all of a sudden they now have a luxury vehicle you see confused mind confused mind doesn't buy so these authors sort of validate all these ideas about focusing on your one thing that position in your client's mind should be a singular thing and it's not to say you shouldn't do other things it's to say that if you're going after a position and you're going to state that position for a long time and you're going to put in a strategy to uphold the claim that you've made in that position over a long time then it needs to be one thing if it's many things and you're diluting all your own efforts it needs to just be one thing if you do have other things going on you can put them under different brand names zero in on that singular position don't dilute it by adding on different things that contradict with the position that you're trying to own in the mind of your prospect. So remember, we're trying to own a certain position in the mind of our prospects. Try and remember this acronym, three C's. It must be clear, simple, literal, your positioning statement. It must be credible. You must be doing the things that live up to the statement that you've put out there. And it must be conversational. It must be relatable. It must tie in with the beliefs and the truths that the client or prospective client already has surrounding your offer or surrounding your topic or area of expertise. Because if you present information that is a mismatch to what the prospect knows, that information will be rejected and not paid attention to. You want to add on to the thinking of your prospect. In other words, you want to tap into what they value with your position. Please do buy the book and go through it yourself. I think this is the second sort of foundational marketing book that we've done. The first Leaders Reader series, we did amazing story brand book by Donald Miller, which is sort of foundational to all marketing. The promise of the podcast, we said faith, we're going to give you some faith, we're going to give you some mindset stuff to help you have the right mindset, and we're going to give you some business acumen stuff. We're going to bring guests who can dive deep into their areas where they are experts, and we're going to read books where we can get the right kind of business acumen because once you get this you will apply it to this business and the next business and the next business and you'll know why we do certain things and why we take certain things to be true thank you so much and if you enjoyed the podcast please do share it please subscribe please leave us a review to let us know what your thoughts are and what book you'd like us to cover next in our leaders or readers series thank you so much I absolutely value your time. Thank you for spending this time with me. And I hope that there's enough in these episodes for you to learn something, take it, and go and execute on it and improve your business and improve your life. Please don't forget to go to our website for the write-up, 
reinventingperspectives.com. Thank you and see you again next week.